You are hearing the Echoes podcast, and I'm John DiLiberto. Today in the podcast, I've got a cool interview with Barrett Martin. He played drums with Screaming Trees in the grunge days, but now he's a Zen monk, author, and global percussionist, among many other things. He has a new world fusion kind of chill album called Indwell. Then we remember Dashan Ambient. Michael Allison, who was Dashan, passed away on January 9th. We'll hear the story of this most eclectic of ambient artists. Growing up with Beatles and progressive rock, I'm always trying to be progressive with the music that I'm doing. Dashan Ambience, Michael Allison, will be hearing an interview with him in this Echoes podcast. Do you listen to the podcast in the Echoes app? If not, then what are you doing? It's the easiest way to listen to the podcast, and the app gives you access to all kinds of free Echoes content, including concert streams, album reviews, new music videos, and more. If you're a subscriber to Echoes Online, you can listen to Echoes shows and streams right there. And the app is free, so go to Google Play, the Apple Store, or wherever you get your apps and download it today. And now, let's bang something as we hear the story of Barrett Martin. Back in the 1990s, screaming trees emerged out of Seattle's grunge scene with roaring guitars and powerhouse rhythms. Those rhythms came from drummer Barrett Martin. But unlike a lot of notorious people from that music scene who went to the other side through drugs and suicide, Martin went to the other side on a different path as a Soto Zen monk. That's right. Uh, yep, I was ordained in uh, the year 2000 in, uh, in Los Angeles at the Detroit Street Zen Center. But speaking to me on Skype from his home studio in Port Townsend, Washington, Martin doesn't fit the Zen monk stereotype. He's ruggedly handsome and doesn't appear to be wearing any robes or other religious attire. I'm wearing the, the robe of the Pacific Northwest, which is a flannel shirt. <laughs> Zen might be the perfect practice for a drummer. I think being a percussionist and a drummer, for that matter, where you're using both arms, both legs, and you have to play simultaneously, the whole body is moving in, in syncretism with the music and the rhythm, and everything has to be microseconds in perfect harmony. And so in order to get there, you have to allow your mind to become completely open and to be completely free within the body. And, and when you do that, then you're really in the zone. You can really play when you're, when you're in that zone. And Zen will help you get there just as a meditation practice. But drumming is a form of Zen practice. You know, we don't call it Zen, we just call it drumming, but it's the way.
Barrett Martin isn't your stereotypical Zen monk, and his new album, Indwell, created for a yoga studio, isn't your typical yoga album. It's actually a compilation from Martin's several recordings, which are fusion records with a lot of world music influences. same sessions, but it sounds different. Every time I made a record, I would always record a handful of these kind of more ambient tracks and some of them would make the album and some wouldn't and over the course of 15 years now I just had accumulated a huge number of percussion compositions and more just what I would call experimental ambient compositional music um, and it was more influenced by people like uh, like Steve Reich and um, even uh, Lou Harrison the um, classical composer who used a lot of gamelons and uh, Asian percussion it's definitely not the, uh, the, the jazz fusion kind of stuff that I started out with. These more melodic, cyclical compositions became a soundtrack for yoga. My wife and I are both martial artists, and my wife is a great yogini, and one of her Yogini Friends was opening a yoga center in Albuquerque, New Mexico called the Nirguna Yoga Center. And we thought as a gift, we would make a CD that would go with their yoga and martial art workouts. And so I basically compiled about 30 of these compositions and gave them to Kendra Rickard, the Yogini at that studio. And she and I sequenced the album together and it just kind of came together as a 90-minute workout. is an explorer who's traveled the globe seeking new music and cultures. He found that other societies use music in a different way than the West. We think about music in the Western world, and specifically the United States, is that we commodify music and we turn it into a product for sale. Like, for example, I did field work in the Peruvian Amazon with the Shipibo shamans, and I've never been in a place where there was more music, you know, just so much singing all the time, a cappella even when they were just doing daily chores. And then when I was in Senegal and I was studying with uh, some griot drum masters, they're always playing the drums or some kind of 
percussion instrument while they're doing other things. Martin sees Indwell as an expression of that concept. The opportunity to make an album that would be part of the body being healthy and moving through time and space and moving through sequences that might be you know, a yoga flow sequence or a qigong sequence or a tai chi or a bagua se sequence. I like that idea a lot because it's something that I've always been interested in and that I've done myself for over 30 years. And it just kind of takes me out of that world of, of playing rock tunes. Besides Screaming Trees, Barrett Martin has played with R.E.M., Queens of the Stone Age, Lucinda Williams, and many others, pretty much living in the rock and roll world of the 1990s. But while he was recording sessions in Los Angeles, he discovered a treasure trove of global percussion from his landlord. The great percussionist Milt Holland, he was an um, incredible world percussionist who had done all of the studio sessions in the 1950s and 60s and 70s. In fact, a lot of the Disney cartoons and films. But he's credited as being the first guy to bring the tablas into uh, the Hollywood sessions. And his house was just full of percussion, stuff that he'd brought back from Africa. And so he would tell me about, you know, playing these just crazy percussion instruments on a Disney cartoon or uh, playing with Miles Davis or all of the, you know, the different jazz and, and uh, classical sessions that were going on in, in L.A. at the time. That sent him back to school where he got a degree in ethnomusicology. He's traveled the world studying the music of indigenous populations and coming back with the spirit of their music and their instruments. Among the sounds heard on Indwell are Balinese gamelons, talking drums, bada drums, and the African thumb piano called the Mbira or kalimba. I actually have several of them sitting behind me. Um, they're, they're all in different keys and have different kind of tunings and, and pitches. And I really like the thumb piano because this is one of those African instruments that you see manifest in a lot of different ways. So like in Zimbabwe, they'll use the umbira, which is a kind of thumb piano, but it's not hollow like a kalimba. It's a solid piece of wood. And the umbira is a fascinating instrument because it's an instrument that puts people into trances, much like, um, like Santeria and Candomblé. But specifically in Zimbabwe, they would do umbira ceremonies for the rebel troops that were fighting for independence when it was uh, British Rhodesia in the 1970s.
Garrett Martin brings musical traditions from across the globe together in his music that almost seems to be a definition of the aphorism that music is a universal language. But through all his spiritual and ethnomusicological studies, Martin has come up with a different awareness. There is no universal. You look at all these different forms of music from Native American traditional, you know, bird songs or Amazonian shamanic curing songs or Aboriginal song lines in Australia or Maori sea trails across the Pacific or the rhythms of the Orishas or conjuring songs in uh, the Alaskan Arctic. They all have different uh, foundations and different cultural manifestations, but there is no universal in them. The only thing that's universal is that we all do it. That is the only universal. Humans are compelled to do music. be a universal language, but Barrett Martin brings together the sounds of many voices on his albums with the Barrett Martin Group. He's also an author with two books, The Singing Earth and The Way of the Zen Cowboy, and he won a Grammy in 2017 for his production of an album by Nanda Race. Barrett Martin's latest album is called Indwell on Sunyata Records. You can add Barrett Martin's Indwell to your collection. I'll have a link to it in the posting for this podcast. Now, let's remember Michael Allison, best known to Echo's listeners of the last 20 years as Dashaun Ambient. The new year has begun with some sad news. Michael Allison, the musician behind Dashaun Ambient, has left the planet. He succumbed to cancer on January 9th. He was only 61 years old. We had just received his new album the day before, which made it even more of a shock. I had interviewed Darshan Ambient several times on the show, the first back in 2002. Two of his albums, Little Things and Dream in Blue, were CD of the Month picks on Echoes in 2011 and 2013. His music has been part of the show all this century. I take a look back at Darshan Ambient. Darshan Ambient's Michael Allison was from the third generation of ambient musicians, the ones who came after Brian Eno in the 1970s and Patrick O'Hearn and Steve Roach in the 1980s. But unlike a lot of his peers, Allison could actually play conventional instruments. That hands-on approach to creation is one element that made his music so melodic. As 
Darshan ambient, Michael Allison made meditative, melodic space music. But it was another side to this musician that you would have heard in the 1980s. Back then, he was playing bass guitar and storming club stages like CBGB's with artists like Nona Hendrix and punk pioneer Richard Hell. I just love playing rock and roll. I like to play really loud rock and roll music. There's nothing like playing with a real drummer, and there's nothing like that feeling of, of just turning up the amp and really going for it. Michael imbibed the entire rock ethos of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but after 15 years, he called it quits and got sober. Instead, his life became about yoga, meditation, and music. I don't know what happened to the sex. He released his first music on the old mp3.com, where he had close to 100,000 plays, which, at the turn of the century before YouTube viral hype, was quite a lot. Sean Ambient went on to record for the Lotus Spike label and then spotted Peccary Music, his final home, where he released 14 of his recordings. After I first interviewed Michael Allison in 2002, a lot had changed in his life, not the least of which was getting married and having a son. My wife has three daughters from a previous marriage, and, and of course we have Tristan, who was born in 2004, and he was the inspiration for Autumn's Apple. I wrote a lot of the music while... My wife would lay next to me before he was born and um, just got a lot of inspiration from all that love between us. life's joys informed Autumn's Apple than the vicissitudes of life informed another album is 2008 recording from Pale Hands to Weary Skies. Well, I got very sick. I got, uh, I had pneumonia and then uh, I got a, uh, a liver infection somehow. They put me in an induced coma so they could try to figure out what was happening. Before that, I wasn't able to breathe and they were afraid my lungs, lungs were going to collapse and that I might even have a heart attack. So they, they had to put me under, and then they spent three or four days trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Once they did, they took care of it, and uh, my wife was there 24 hours a day by my side while I was out. It was a terrible experience on one hand, but once I came out of it, all of a sudden I felt the intense desire to create music. And... That album was a result of that, of that experience, yeah.
imagine that Michael Allison sculpted the atmospheric designs and melodic curves of Darshan ambience music in a darkly illuminated studio surrounded by padded sound baffling and racks of high-tech equipment with lots of blinking lights. But instead, imagine that he just rolled out of his bed. It's a studio slash master bedroom. <laughs> so you actually sleep in your studio. Yeah. Well, I try to keep it uh, nice and neat. My wife drives her crazy sometimes because I got cords and everything all over the place. But I'm working on my garage. I'm going to turn that into a studio. So I'll be moving all my stuff out there and she can have her bedroom back. <laughs> Though he left New York decades ago, that city's energy still turned up in his music with Miles Davis trumpet licks and rhythms that swing a little bit more than most ambient music. He acknowledged that in the song 52nd Street. When I was working on it, I just saw a rainy street past midnight and I just heard jazz. And so I thought of the, the old West 52nd Street that's famous for all those jazz clubs back in the 50s and 60s. Although Dashaun Ambient might be characterized as New Age, he considered his music as progressive. Growing up with Beatles and progressive rock, I'm always trying to be progressive with the music that I'm doing, and that's really what I, what I consider myself doing is more progressive music than anything else. And that could be anything. Progressive music could have jazz elements, classical rock, you know, that sort of thing. Then there's the minimalist inspiration that you could hear on his songs like Fields. I've always been a Steve Reich fan, and Music for 18 Musicians is one of my favorite pieces. So were you conscious of that reference? Yeah, I was thinking about it, and I was also, I was thinking about um, an album that Pat Metheny did, I think he did it with Steve Reich, or did something that was very similar to Steve Reich, and that was a fantastic album, and I was really in influenced by some of that, so I wanted to introduce some of those elements into what, what I'm doing here. also hear it all over his final album, A Day Like Any Other. Part of the decade, Michael Allison started to tap into his rock roots again with a group called Harry Carey. I spend all my time doing this, and as well as I play in a rock band, we do uh, classics, classic cover tunes. So that keeps me pretty busy. I 
Harry Carey sounds like a blast, but it will be Michael Allison's music as Dashaun Ambient that will be remembered and cherished by those who discovered it across the last two decades. Dashaun Ambient wore a lot of his influences on his sleeve. Steve Reich, Patrick O'Hearn, Brian Eno, Cluster, Miles Davis, and more. But he brought it all together in personal, beautifully sculpted pieces that always took me on a journey. He recorded a lot of it. When I opened the D drawer of our CD library, I was shocked to see just how much music he released in 20 years. Michael Allison passed away on Thursday, January 9th, 2020, in Modesto, California, succumbing to cancer. He was 61 years old. He survived by his wife, Nikki, and their four children. His final album, A Day Like Any Other, was already set for a January 17th release, which, combined with the title, seems like a poetic David Bowie kind of move, but it actually appears as if everyone, including Michael, was surprised by his passing. It was not a day like any other. Michael Allison is in the heavens where the music of Darshan Ambient belongs. Seems like only yesterday I was in the bare-bones apartment of Michael Allison in San Francisco. The only thing I remember is a room full of guitars and electronic gear, and a living room with a stereo and lots of progressive rock and ambient albums by King Crimson, Patrick O'Hearn, Brian Eno, and more. What a sad loss. Our sympathies here at Echoes go out to his wife, Nikki, and their four children, as well as Spotted Peccary Music, who released his last 14 albums. I've got a link to Darshan Ambient's latest album, A Day Like Any Other, in the posting for this podcast. Next week on the Echoes podcast, electronic icon Steve Roach invites us into the world of his latest music, which looks backwards and forwards simultaneously. I'm John DiLiberto. Thanks for dialing up the Echoes podcast. Don't forget to do your part to help us continue bringing you great music and interviews. We really can't do it without you. Donate at echoes.org. That's echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org, O-R-G. People always forget that second E. See you next week, tonight on the radio, somewhere in the country, or online right now on Echoes. <laughs>